0: We're going to do some surveying actively as lady lectures. So what we need everyone to do that has a phone that would like to participate within the survey and the polling, again, basically all you need to do is text the number 22333, okay? So again, basically open up your phone, go to your text app, your messages, Messenger, and from Messenger go 22333, okay? And then after you do 22333, in the bottom, in the text area, you put Alan H. 184.
1: So, you know, we usually say turn your phones off, but... You're going to be using off. your phones. So this is this is just a little survey for... for so we all know where, where we stand, because we never know how the other person thinks, right? And maybe sometimes they don't want to tell us how they think. So this is anonymous, and we it's will see... It's completely anonymous. So you know, um, so is it very complicated? I can't got it? Okay. Huh?
0: So you, in the number where you would put the telephone number, you put in the number 222, I'm sorry, 22333. And down where you put the message, you put Alan, A-L-A-N-H 184. That will register you in and then we'll cue you in and tell you what to do next.
1: Okay.
0: Okay, maybe. All right. Yes, ma'am?
1: So they're texting to two two three three three. Mm-hmm. your name, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Can I say it in simple Greek? Yes, you can say it in simple, <laughs> simple Greek. Simple Greek. Well, bye. <laughs> so, well, it's a different screen,
0: so. You know where you put the telephone the message, number? You put the two two. 333, When you would put the telephone number, the person. You're
1: texting to the person right. 22333. So you're just going
0: to do a new text to someone, at, to 22333, and then the message inside is Alan H184. Okay,
1: everybody understands? Okay, so you're texting to the person 22333, right? Where's that? That's the person, and what you put in your text message, Alan. Alan A184, Alan like, you know, Hi Lenny, you don't put Hi Lenny, you put Alan 184. All right, let's see, should, should be.
0: Ready for the first question? Yes. yes. So the first question is right up here on top. Is there a difference between a refugee and an immigrant? So again, basically you're going to be texting either A or B. Wait, a is no. Yes, a is yes. A is yes, B is no. So, one person has responded. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Please go ahead and
1: respond. You yeah. come in? And again, um, it's totally anonymous. The system it comes doesn't in here. track you. You're good. Here. Yeah. Okay. So, I get yelled at if I get it wrong? No, you don't. No, We don't know who did it wrong, so you don't get yelled at. So, if you answer yes, we know that I know the difference, that means that you do know the difference, right? If you say there's no difference between a refugee and an immigrant, that means we'll, we'll just talk about it a little bit, what the difference is. So let's see if it's, if it's more than 50 percent, Paul is not a, a longer accepting responses.
0: Uh, interesting. Uh-huh.
1: Well, you know, what if that' work, we're going to move on, but let's see if it works. It's interesting.
0: We have another one coming up. We have a second. You want to continue, Eleni?
1: Yeah. Well, uh, Okay. Well, please do not let me forget to say a big thank you to the Redondo congregation in Redondo Beach that makes sure that every year we show up. So um, not just that. They host us, they love us, they feed us, they treat us like visiting royalty. some days when I wake up there, you know, we spend maybe a total of five days there, you know, and the rest is here. I wonder, you know, how have we scored, <laughs> you know, to be treated like this? Do they really know us? Well, they do, and we do too. So their family, and I wanna thank all of you that are here from the church, and the love that you have for Alexander and, and myself and our family. A big thank you to the volunteers that came to Greece. Uh, you all know who you are. Uh, You came not knowing exactly what you will, you know, be faced with, Uh, but all of you came available to God and how God wanted to use you, and he used you powerfully, whether it was teaching or was cleaning or cooking or just talking and sharing the love of God with people, so thank you very much, and I hope more of you can return. I know all of you that came, now they want to return. So I know Gail and Mary want to return, and the Woodward family is returning for three months in January, and I know our, our French family there, when Alex thinks you're all French, he told me again today, you know, <laughs> in the dinner. Uh, the Youngs um, hopefully will return, so uh, we're very grateful because we're just doing exactly what pleases God, it's to be united, where his children, and every parent wants his children to be together, so... We are uh, the family of God. We are the fellowship of the saints. And there's no m- more beautiful way to exist. So, uh, no matter what happens, we have each other and we all together have God. Uh, you know, I was gonna ask, of course, I don't know if we have more younger people here or not, but do you like straight clothes? You know how this, this new fashion in the last five, six years blue jeans are stretchy, but, but you don't know, right? They look normal. But do you, do you like stretchy clothes? I like stretchy clothes. I do, too, because, you know, sometimes you lose a couple of pounds or you gain a couple of pounds, so, but you always, you know, they always fit. You don't have to have three wardrobes. So, uh, good idea. I don't know who came up with it, but it works, and, and they make all kinds of nice clothes you know, to be stretchy. we well. <laughs> black ones. she's going to have the baby on the nine. I thought you are going to hold it today. <laughs> but I seriously have it there. So, um, <clears throat> you know, you have an expression in English which you say you stretch the truth. You know, we don't have that in Greek. That's that's uh, uh, absolutely an American expression. And and we very well know what that means, right? That the truth is not quite the truth. It's, it's like an extension of it. Uh,
0: should I continue or are we working on that? Um, I'm going to, I'm, I'm no. still trying to make it work. It it's oh, seems okay. like it's All acting right. up. We so can try the next one if you want. Did you want to go to the next?
1: Well, what was the first one? How many people? We only
0: got one response out of the first one. I think the system only accepted one. It kind of threw us out. I out. think it said there was a 25
2: limit in it. Everyone voted A, it looked like.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. So and on this version, you can only have
0: 25.
1: Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Ah, well, good. Okay, so people, we're right? yeah. yes. we have 25 responses, yes? We know? Okay. That just seems well.
0: Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> <laughs> you know, I figured we get another answer out of the other side.
1: Okay, well, that's good. That's interesting. Uh, which means that, yes, we understand that, that uh, an immigrant is a person that makes plans, you know, they get Immigrant visas, they pack their suitcases, they sell their houses, and they go on to another country if they have a house for a better life. That's not what a refugee is. A refugee is someone that just grabs whatever they have in a plastic bag and they run. And that is the kind we receive in Greece. So um, I know you receive refugees, some refugees here in America. It's a little bit different because they have already been through the procedure of running away with a plastic bag, you know? And, but that's what a refugee some people will say immigrants you have immigrants in greece well we do have a lot of immigrants financial immigrants but it's different from a refugee is it totally because immigrants come uh, with a plan refugees are runaways they don't have a plan they just want to get away from whatever danger they have in their country so uh, talking about the stretchy clothes um and stretching the truth but you know the truth once you stretch it it's not the truth anymore it's something else in, in Greek, though, we say something else. We say, the truth has one addition. Lies have many. So, you know, this is white, this is a truth. You could say, you know, well, this is a blue, this is yellow, but all these are lies. The, the truth is just one. And the question here is we had one slide about that, but I don't know, where's that? Is how do we learn and get our information about what is happening in the world? <coughs> because, you know, you're, you're a little bit far away. Truth is, you know, there is a big body of sea that separates you from the rest of the world, that of Europe, and of course, you know, the Middle East. Uh, the questions were, uh, oh, okay.
3: Now, <laughs> mm.
1: yes. Oh, okay. I love this. It does work.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So most people get their information from social media. Or the know. internet.
0: Mm-hmm. It's still, yeah, the, right. It's still yeah. coming in. Uh
1: huh. Well, the truth really gets really stressed, mm-hmm. uh, especially on television, because those TV uh, channels, those TV enterprises, whatever they are, maybe I'm using not exactly the right language, but anyway, you know, th- th- there is always there's always profit behind, you know. So we just cannot trust them. We don't trust them in Greece. And I don't think they should be trusted elsewhere, because there's profit, there's money involved, and they don't really care for us to know the truth. What they care for is to promote you know, what makes them you know, who they are. So um, when I'm here and I hear the news, all I can say is, like, really? Are you serious? You know, the way they promote and the way they, they talk about the refugee. Not the crisis, but the tragedy. It's not a crisis. It's a tragedy. And, um, and this brings me to, um, to our next subject. Um, in Greek, again, we say, there is no evil, there is no evil that does not give birth to good, OK? So uh, it's a Greek ancient expression, very wise. Right now, the news, if we watch them on the television and social media, are pretty bad. You know, they can fear us, they can intimidate us. Um, And that's easy. It's really easy. The way they promote and the way they show the situation, especially in the Middle East and in Europe, can really frighten and intimidate someone. And this is, you know, this is the bad news. The only difference is that us, as followers of Christ, we do have the good news. You know, we got a book, and it's called The Good News. And we can open that up and see what is going to happen or what is happening, how God can control it, how God is still sovereign, you know? I have to tell you the truth. When the refugees started coming in the beginning in our little church building, there were times that I was a little bit afraid. Takes a lot to frighten me, but there were times that I stopped and thought, ooh, ow. But then, you know, what our scripture says, what our good news says is that perfect love casts out fear, mm-hmm. so I had to stop every time and reboot my head and my feelings and say, "Hey, you cannot be afraid. You know all you have to do is share the perfect love of God um, so um We do see right now in Greece and in our little church, that's all I know, so that's all I can talk about, that the church is changing. And for those of you that have been with us, you see that. The church is changing. It's changing face. Uh, the The Christian refugees now are becoming leaders of our church. They're serving us. They're visiting our sick. They're cooking for us. They're taking care of the church while we're away. And um, you know, in the beginning, that was not a very comfortable feeling for the Greek people, but now they love it. they have embraced it, and we all celebrate in this new reality. Um, you know, we could have kept the doors closed and nobody would have come in, right? But we would have missed all of these you know, blessings, and primarily the fact that you know, all of these people will see heaven with us one day. Um, I really see this as Acts 29. You know, there's no Acts 29. But I think this is the next chapter of the Book of Acts, that, that there, is, there is a new church created. And, and uh, I wish that all of you could come and experience it. But what I would like to tell you today is you can experience it here. And it doesn't always have to be a refugee. It can be, it can be a person that you know did not have the same opportunities in life. That it's underprivileged, that it's probably, you know, in a very difficult you know circumstances. There's always space to show the mercy of God and be blessed from it. Um, I hope today you feel comforted from here, because you know the next time you see all this horrible news on television, you can remember after we finish all that God is doing right now in Greece. So, you know, you can live comforted. Uh, but I hope you live a little troubled. About you know all this and how you know God can use you as His child in in all this situation. Um, we found out from our Muslim friends, our brothers and sisters, which that's that's a new fact that in the Middle East uh, and of course in Egypt, we've heard when when Muslims are in trouble, like they have family heartache, or death or sickness they run to the Christian churches for prayer. Now, we haven't heard it from one or from two. We've heard it from many. We have found out, besides what we've heard, that there's so much that connects us, much more than what separates us. I'm not here to promote, you know, Islam, but I will tell you that about three years ago, I was in a conversation with a good friend uh, of our family uh, who was, you know, uh, um, <coughs> what's word? what uh, English? Hold on a minute. Um, defending, defending Muslims. You know, a Greek person, and and personally, you know, John three sixteen to me meant, for so God loved the people that I love, not the world, and certainly, you know, Muslims were out of the equation. I was very, you know, I was very Ottoman. Um, Is that the word? You know, and how (laughs) feisty I get. I thought, come on, you know, there was nothing good. This person was trying to tell me that there is good, and and there's a lot of common, but, you know. So um, God knew my heart. He knew from a young age how I grew up in a home, just like you bring your children to Greece and they serve us. uh, That, you know, my mother taught me that a Christian life without service is not a Christian life. So service was just part of of our life, you know. We always, you know, fed the the poor, we washed feet, you know, we cut nails of the older people. That's what we did. That's what I remember, you know, how my mother trained me. So God knew my heart, and he decided two and a half years ago to take my heart and break it in a thousand pieces, in a thousand beautiful pieces, and take it all over Europe, everywhere. And this is, you know, our our refugee families. Right now, we have about counted that over 1,000 refugees have come through ammonia. Um, maybe 4,000 meals have been cooked and prepared. 500 volunteers, that's a rough estimate. <clears throat> this is not to celebrate over what we have done. This is to celebrate over what God has done mm-hmm. through little us. So um, I heard I really heard the voice of God The day that we invited a lady from the street with her three children, it was on a Sunday, and she was a lady from Syria just walking the street. For those of you that have been to Greece, you know where our church building is. It's right in the middle of the city, and that's where all the refugees gather. And uh, I didn't even know where Syria was, if you asked me. You know, I heard about the war seven years ago, but if you gave me the map, I wouldn't know where it was. Well, this lady, you know, with the hijab came in, the cover with her three children, and uh, she ate with us. Um, and this, this river of compassion and love, you know, opened, opened in me that I did not even know it was there. Um, so, God did tell me, these are my people. I died for them, just like I died for you. Would you please take them in? Would you please love them? Would you please... Um, Would you please uh, show them the compassion that I have showed you? And if you really ask me, I will tell you I was born again. I thought I was born again. I'm 58. This happened when I was 55. I, I, I did commit my life to Jesus when I was 16. But I think that's when I was born again. This is when I finally heard the voice of God and, and, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Um. In our efforts to restore their souls, we got restored. Those of you that came, you know that you got much more than you gave. I'm really not standing here. I don't know why I'm standing and you're sitting down. (laughs) That's interesting. You know, again, to celebrate over the wonderful things that, you know, uh, the community of Christians at Omonia Little Church have done. And I'm not here to tell you how sweet and rewarding is to love those people, although it is. Because I've never felt stronger love for anyone that I have felt for them, and I know it's from God. there's no other explanation. And um, I'm not here to tell you that they are worthy of our affection and our compassion and, and our generosity and our love, which they are. But I'm here to tell you that these people need to have a chance, just like everybody does. We cannot write people off and say, you know, this kind of people. You know they're they're not worthy of Jesus' Jesus's death and resurrection and eternal life. They do have a chance, just like everybody does. Um, you see. I know that you know, but I'll tell I'll, I'll say it anyway. What really matters to us is not what really matters to God. Um, what matters is what Jesus showed us. That matters to Him, because. Remember that Jesus walked in all the wrong places in, on the wrong day. And he always did kind of the wrong thing, right? He was always, you know, like, why do you do this? Why do you... Um, so, um, obviously, what matters to him is not what matters to us. What matters to God is to extend our hand, our resources, our hearts, Regardless. 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 See, the big picture that we talked earlier about, you know, the bad news that we hear that just kind of over, over, um, overburden us, is not where we need to concentrate. But we need to concentrate on, on the picture that the good news are talking to us about. God is sovereign, nothing will go away from God's attentions. Don't worry. <laughs> and I don't know if Muslim is the fastest growing uh, religion in, in America. That really does not matter. It doesn't matter how many kids they have. What matters is God is on the throne, unless we doubt that. But I don't think we do, okay? And if we've read the entire book, you know, what says at the end of the book? You know, His will be done. All right. So I don't know why we worry. Um, I wonder sometimes our children, you know, because, like, you know, my age now, it's our children that we want to make sure that they continue you know, to, be, to be the followers of Christ, to have Christian families, to spread the good news. Um, they're watching us. They're, I know my children are watching. Um, my daughter told me lately, she said, Mom, you've changed. She says, I love the refugees because they've changed you. And if you had rumors about the refugees changing you, they will change you when you meet them. They will give you a new sense of life, a new sense of family, uh, they're so um, they're very they're very emotional, you know. They, they their hearts speak instead always of their minds. Lately in our devotionals that we have every Tuesday and Thursday, our devotional was over the um, the story of the of the lost son. That's what they call it, the, because that's in the Quran that story, the prodigal son. And um, we we repeat the story all the time. They love to hear it, and 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 like in our church sanctuaries, like probably 80 Muslims and 20 Christians. And they all sit down, just like you're here, and they listen. So when we finished our story, and then you know we have lunch, I was walking through the, the aisle, and I heard you know, all this noise. And you know there's a lot of noise, like 35 kids and babies, and, just, uh, and they're loud. And, but I heard, I heard what this man said. And I, I knew he was talking to me, but I had no idea what the word meant. But I stopped and I went back and I said, What, what did you say? He didn't, he didn't speak English, he couldn't tell me. So I got a translator. I said, What did he say? So he asked him, He said, Oh, he said Haji. I said, What does this mean? This was a Muslim man. But you know what he called me? A faithful woman. After that lesson, I thought, That's the best, best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> so, um, you know, talking about our children that they're watching. So uh, if, they, if they hear us, you know, what about safety? You know, OK, Lynn, now, just, you know, that sounds very romantic here. What about safety? What if, if about just, you know, there's something. You know, I'm not going to get into details. Well, I, I don't really have the answer. But the good news that I read says, Jesus said, I sent you like lamps into the wolves. That That's not very safe, you know? Mm-hmm so what about security like you know social security or or, or financial security or you know all this kind of worldly you know earthly securities we all strive for a whole lifetime you know to acquire well here's another answer you were refugees as well the bible says and God made sure we have more than many times to remind us how refugees and strangers must be revered In the Bible. (coughs) Refugees, not immigrants. I mean, immigrants are worthy of our attention as well, but you know, this is a little different that I want to present to you today. They run to find refuge in a haste, without planning or packing. See, the thing is that we cannot bend the Bible. I mean, we can, but we shouldn't. Uh, Remember Mary and Joseph? They ran away to Egypt. Hagar, the servant, Abraham's ten grandsons went to Egypt as refugees. King David was an asylum seeker running away from Saul. Elijah the prophet, he was also a runaway from the king. These are just stories of major Bible figures who were outcasts, asylum seekers, immigrants, and refugees. King David's mother Ruth was a Moabite who also fled to Israel. The Bible is filled with refugees, stories of refugees. I don't know how we missed it all this year. And the Syrians had to come and remind us. There are many passages in defense of the helpless, <clears throat> the runaways, the weak, the marginalized, as well as how to treat them. Um, some lady told me in, in January or whenever I went to Tennessee and there was a conference there, and uh, who was there? Somebody's here that was there. Huh? Yeah, Jill was there. <laughs> that lady said, So tell us what to do. You know, how, how do we, go? I, I said, I don't know how you're gonna do it, but God showed us how to do it. So you know you can ask God and he will tell you. He will bring you people to your door if you pray about it. He will bring you neighbors. He will bring you somebody from work. See the heart of God's word and his living hope is summarized into three words. Salvation, compassion, and equality. The rest are just visuals only to highlight the above. Fear drives many of our decisions based on stereotypes. You know, these kind of people are like this, that kind of people are like this. Like some people that I know here, because I'm Greek, they think that I, we're always going to be late. We're not.
3: But just because
1: she heard that Greek people are late, she's always worried. And whenever I told her the other day, I said, tell me one time that I was late. She said, I don't know, but you're Greek. So, <laughs> <laughs> <She decided>. so <laughs> fear leads us to cut and tailor the word of God, how it fits us. The remedy, the antidote to fear is love. Perfect love casts out fear. First John 4:18. The principle is one. For all, Jesus said, I was hungry and you fed me. I was naked and you dressed me. I was in prison and you visited me. I was sick and you took care of me. And the apostle says, you know, said, when? And he said, when you did it to the least of you. It's as if you did it to me. Uh, some days were very tired. Some days were very tired. Like get out of the car and walk like a duck. You know, <laughs> just, everything hurts. And, and you know, the next morning, Again, I'm thinking, okay, now get up because I'm going to feed Jesus again and I'm going to give him clothes and I'm going to take care of him. As simple as this. And it works because these people receive all this love because it's not my love, it's God's love. And God's love is healing. Um, in just a few words, it is in the above actions, the, the actions of feeding and dressing and taking care of, in those actions of welcoming the strangers, the helpless, the helpless, and those in need that Jesus recognizes his true followers from the fake ones. In our efforts many times to preserve ourselves, we ignore the suffering of our neighbor. We're too busy with ourselves. In that process, we, we are hurting humanity and the cause and the work of the gospel. I hope my words are not very harsh. So just a few examples. From the Bible, treat refugees as you would want to be treated. That's Leviticus. Provide food for the hungry, Leviticus. We should love foreigners, Deuteronomy. Do not abuse foreigners, Exodus. Fight for justice for foreigners living among you, Malachi. Open your door to the traveler, Job. Invite the stranger in, Matthew. Love your neighbor like yourself, Galatians. Show mercy to your neighbor, Luke. Who holds the past, the present, and the future? Nothing goes away from God's sovereignty. We shouldn't worry. We need to make our minds up because it will help us. It will help us to be true followers of Christ. Hell and heaven, heaven are eternal. I would rather sacrifice my safety, my passion, my comfort, and never regret that I sacrificed their eternity for my benefits. To risk all that I am and have including my peace on earth so they can see heaven one day. To do the unthinkable and pour my life just like Jesus did for me. See, the doors have opened for them to come out, not for us to go in. Christians have been praying for years. That's all I ever heard as a child, as a young adult, for the doors to be open. Nobody said which doors, though. You know, I didn't know which doors were there. The doors to be. Well, the doors have been opened. The hinges have taken off, and these people are just coming to us. Um, And you know what, they're coming to stay. (laughs) We really wanted God to reach them with the gospel, so uh, he moved them over to us and said, here, this is the answer to your prayers. Here they are, love them. Um, You know what, if you don't have a a, a hijab, you know what the hijab is, right? If you don't have a hijab covered lady in your neighborhood, you will soon. It won't be long that you will. So let's prepare ourselves, let's brace ourselves. This is a glorious opportunity that we have as followers of Christ. They have come to stay just like those that are hungry for a loving God, those faraway strangers, those people that we didn't, we didn't even know, I don't know, probably know better geography than I do, but I had no idea where exactly Afghanistan was. I know now. They ring the bell of our little church and we open the door. In the beginning to tell you the truth, we did not know what to do. We were a bit afraid, we were mostly ignorant. All we knew was to hug them, to kiss them, to let them come in. Um, so um, we did not know exactly how to approach them. I mean, we never had experience in this, you know. What do you say to a person that has just arrived, you know, with three little kids? Maybe the lady's pregnant, you know. The dad was an uh, airplane engineer, and the mother was a, had, a, had a, what do you call that, a beauty shop. You know, what, what do you say to these people? You know, it's going to be OK. or you know. So that's what we did. Let me tell you what we did. We cooked. We cleaned. We found whatever godly Arabic material we could find. Books. We made tea. We bought lots of cookies. We prepared cords for the babies. We bought diapers, formula milk, lots of sugar. They put six spoons, if you want to know. <laughs> 60 spoons in a cup. Uh, and we just waited at the door. We hugged them, we kissed them, we welcomed them, not only into the building, but into our hearts, into our homes, and into our lives. Some of my neighbors, <laughs> well, the first time, one of my neighbors said, she said, Lenny, Friday night, I saw these women arriving, and she told her husband, because the husband said, where are these people going, you know? Okay. With the, they said, oh, they're going to Lenny's. She didn't This is really the best love story I've ever been part of the best love story I've experienced. We've seen miracles, one after the other. Uh, if we have enough time, I have no idea what time it is. is. So uh, I'll share a couple of stories with you. Uh, there's hundreds of them, but we don't have time. You know, one day in, in heaven, we're gonna hear all of these stories. Um, our refugees, sisters, and brothers finally get a shot to experience all of the lies they've heard about us. They're lies, right? because they've heard all kinds of lies about Christians, but then we get a shot to find out the lies we've heard about them, that they're also lies. Uh, don't you think that they're carefully watching, you know, when they come to the Ammonia church, they're watching, they're watching to see, you know, how we do this and how we do, what was that 100% thing? Would you invite a refugee? Oh, that is the best <laughs> one. <of them. laughs> yes, would you? That's beautiful. Well, they're watching. They're watching to see if we're consistent, you know, with with our faith, with our convictions that we so, you know, easily verbally confess. They're carefully listening to hear. Our children are also watching. Those that have left the church, you know, that doesn't mean God has forgotten about them. They're watching to see what our love does, and if our love is only rhetoric. Did I say that word right? Rhetoric? Rhetoric. Really? Okay. And God, rhetoric, okay. It's a Greek word. <laughs> so, but you know, above all, God is watching. He's watching to see if we're gonna show them the mercy and the love that he has shown you and me. So this is a significant hour. This is uh, the reason I hope you live in trouble. Let's choose our words, let's choose our actions very carefully. Maybe we read the Bible like we never read it before. Let's take a deep breath. The world is changing. We're not gonna go back to where it was 30 years ago. This is how it is. And then let's speak and shine the glories of the goodness of Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit. You know what, the last scene played in the book of Revelation says that Jesus will ransom people from every tribe and language and people and nation, Revelation 5, 9. Did we ever really figure out what that meant? (laughs) <laughs> well, it includes, you know, our Muslim uh, people. So we have every scriptural and observab- observable reason to believe there will be thousands and thousands more Muslims that accept Christ in that great crowd worshiping the Savior. So, may God alone be glorified in all this, just like the song we sang, and may we greet our Middle eastern friends in heaven with a holy kiss. Now, we got a couple of stories, but um, before the stories, maybe we want to see this little video. Um, I know that there's no class here after this, so when you feel like you want to go, you can go. Okay. There's not another class, right, after, after this, so You're, you won't, we want to misunderstand you if you need to go. But, okay, let's do I think this is like five minutes, this video. Uh, okay, this is, this is a, a, I, I shared it last year, one second, and the only reason I want to share it again is because this is what was going on last year at Ammonia, but then we had a second video, what is happening this year. I'm afraid of what might happen next year. I might, I might ask for asylum in some other country, please. but just to I want you to see the difference. This video here shows you what happens in the floor of our church building like the sanctuary and a fellowship room. As of last June, we rented the top floor, which is about the same size. And that's where we have an English school with 63 students, three different classes, beginners, uh, intermediate, and uh, advanced. And it's all ages from 15 years and up. We have a huge clothing ministry. We have uh, legal support. We have lawyers that help our refugees with, our legal, with their legal challenges. Uh, soon we're going to have a clinic, <laughs> uh, a medical clinic, uh, so our doctors can come and, and visit um, and help our people. Um, what else do we do? We have children's you know, ministry for about 35, 40 children. What else do we do up there? Uh, and we also have a barber shop. One of our refugee young men left, went to Lithuania. He was a barber. He got more educated there. He became like an instructor. So he came back. About two months ago, and he comes. He, he's going to be coming uh, regularly, every three months to train our young men to become barbers.
3: Yeah. I
1: mean, he's like a celebrity. He's all over the Lithuanian news, right? He's on YouTube. So, um, so now we have a barber shop, and every every I think other week they do YouTube. Not YouTube. Will you? They connect over the internet. So you know, he continues to train them. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful, you know, sometimes I walk into the second floor, and I thought, now, who did this? You know, <laughs> this, is, this is too beautiful, it's too perfect. Instead of all of those kids to be out in the city, you know, smoking or just doing the wrong thing, being in the wrong company, you know, they're in the presence of God, learning, you know, about Him, learning English. So it is a slice of heaven. So the second video, you will see the upstairs. So, okay. Being faced with this glorious opportunity of the refugees coming to our doorstep, literally coming to our door. And uh, we have responded. In the beginning, you know, we were very ignorant and we were very fearful because we did not know. We didn't even know where to put the Arabic and Farsi Bibles. We thought, what if we just hide them you know, on the bottom? But then slowly, slowly, we saw that they want to read. You seen- right now we have about 100 sometimes 140 people but we have to put a sign outside and say we can't have any more god is continuing blessing us with the opportunity uh, he brings us the people believe. now it is a risk but it's a risk to love right no matter who the person you're going to love is So love is a risk, but God chose to love us. You know, the Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. And if there's a title for what God has just placed in my hands, that's what it is. That perfect love casts out fear. If you just let people come in your heart, they're gonna see God there. I don't think we have a choice as Christians. We need to extend our our hand and our heart and our resources. responsibility and the burden of, of me bringing you this news. Uh, we don't want to advertise again what we do. This is what God is doing, because no person can do this. No person can take people from Afghanistan, Iraq, Iran, Syria, Greece, America, and put them in a building together in this harmony. And those of you that have come, you know that we have harmony. And men and women together, which is so unlike you know, their culture. So only God could have done this, and he has. Um, the second floor that you saw, if you're interested, you can ask me what we need about the second floor. I'm not going to say this now, but if you are, we need help. And I will tell you what we need. Um, I've got two very fast stories. Do I have time? Yeah, five minutes. Five minutes? Okay. Well, okay, I'll try. So the, uh, the one story some of you have experienced it because you were in Greece where is it? when it happened, Um, I'm gonna read it because if I say it, I use more words and we will never finish. So can I read it? I know it, you know, I was there. Um, Okay, this one, uh, the name is Jesus is the Lion of the World Mama. It has to do with a a family uh, from from Syria that lived in Greece. Uh, They had a, a Down syndrome child while they were there and they had another two children. Very difficult, but they did it, they made it. The, the man, I'm, doesn't make any difference to say his name, came as a Christian to us. So Mary and Gabe, we visited them very often, especially when the baby arrived. So here it is in an outdated downtown Athens apartment. We met every Sunday night to hear God speak to us, pray together, remember, and dream of tomorrow. We sat on old half-broken furniture filled with new hope and joy for several hours. At midnight, we had to force ourselves every time to get out of that holy place. Because they wanted us to stay with them. They never wanted us, to, they would never allow us to leave. Well, we, we, we left. Because their three children and, and uh, those beautiful agent, uh, angels and this couple really were holy. We do not want to leave because the presence of God was always so thick in that apartment. The father was in his, is in his mid-30s. They're in Ireland now. They left. They got asylum in Ireland. He was reading the word of God in Damascus for years. When we asked him, he said he was taught by a Greek Orthodox priest, not, never underestimate, who's <laughs> gonna teach you the word of God. And, and he would go in the afternoons after his work, our, our, our brother did, and the priest would pull a couple of chairs on the side of the building where it was shady. And before he would say anything else and read the Bible, he would say, oh, so much wanna say his name, Jesus, he would say, is the light of the world. The priest would to him, and without him, it's dark. Uh, I heard that all of my life, but I heard it for the first time from from, from the mouth of, of our Syrian brother. It, it, it just finally made sense. Um, I knew Jesus was the light of the world. Sometimes um, we're immune because we just hear, you know, we hear these things and these concepts all the time from the same people. And sometimes we're immune to what they mean. So um, we always held hands before we left you know, at night and prayed and cried, thank God for the gift that we had in each other, for the gift of them from Syria, for the ways he had prepared us to welcome these families into our hearts and into our homes. Um, This second story is about a miracle. Now, please don't ask me. I'll tell you what I saw. You can ask God when you see him. The how and the why. What, what, Alex, you keep pointing at something. But... Judy and
3: Danny were yes, there. Yes, they were
1: there. OK, these were the words that Roca Yeh said and looked up in the sky. This is a uh, family from Afghanistan that walked to Iran, to Turkey, and through the waters, you know, came to the Greek island, and finally to Athens. Her family had escaped from Afghanistan, uh, and they finally arrived at the island of This is the refugee island. In fact, that's the island my grandmother arrived in 1920 when she left from Asia Minor Um, as a Greek refugee came back to Greece. One day, as they were walking, the snow was very thick. Carrying Sahar, the mother was carrying her daughter Sahar, 15-year-old daughter, but had polio became more and more difficult. Sahar could not walk anymore. She could not walk, period. Her mother carried her on her back. When the mother finally fell down, the daughter told her, just take the other two children and, and dad and go. Just li- leave me to die. You know, they, they just couldn't her- carry her. So finally, Rocaille looked up in the sky and she said, no, I can't breathe. This can't <laughs> okay. She looked up in the sky and she said, well, Jesus, I heard you ha- you help people when they need you. She had heard about him. Somebody had told her. Well, can you please help us now? So she said she picked up um, Sahar. I'm sorry, I'm saying the names, just forget the <coughs> names. She picked up Sahar and, and she said she weighed like a chicken, mm-hmm. as heavy as a chicken. So they made it to Turkey and finally, you know, through these little boats, you know, started to come to Mitilini, but the boat sank. So mm-hmm. the, the Coast Guard went to collect them. And as you know, uh, the, the only thing the mother could think of is, you know, Sahar cannot swim. You know, she could not move her legs very much. So the Coast Guard light was going around to the sea to try to collect them. And she saw a man holding her daughter. But he didn't have a face. It was somebody holding her in the water. They finally got in the boat, got to the island. And she said she could never find the man. And she said, well, I know it was Jesus. He helped me again. So one evening before our evening worship at Omonia, I was there at Omonia Square trying to get something, to buy something, and I saw this mother pushing a wheelchair, no, she was not pushing, she was standing a wheelchair and her other two kids. So now that's the first time I picked up people from the street like this, that was my baptism of fire. So <laughs> I just went up and I said, hello, you know, my name is Eleni, right, like that matters, but are you refugees? She says, yes, we are from Afghanistan, the little boy spoke English, nobody else.
3: Did.
1: Sahar spoke just a bit. So. I said, you know, there's a church building just down the street where a Christian church, you can come during the day, and bring the children, and they can learn English. And, you know, just broken, <laughs> broken language. And, um, but then I left, and, and then on the way back to the church building, I looked to find them, I couldn't find them. I said, I never gave them the address, they'll never find it. Well, when we finished worship <coughs> that night, we walked out, they were across the street, trying to see what the building was. Mm-hmm. They found it. And then they started coming. The first day came into the church building, she said, where's Jesus? I want to thank him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she found Jesus. And and a few months later, she received Jesus into baptism. She was baptized. All the family was, like the the father, the mother, and and the the young girl, the 15-year-old. Up until then, I'm the witness. Personally, three of us had to hold her to take her to the bathroom when she wanted to go to the bathroom. Because with polio, you know, the doctors know, you know, there, is, there, is, there are muscles, but they don't have any stability. You know, they cannot, they cannot stand. It's trying you know, to put a piece of paper to stand. So we had to hold her to take her to the toilet. A few days later, she came away from the wheelchair. She was walking with no cane, with nothing. And her mother went all over every Christian center, every day, refugee center, saying, you know, Jesus healed my daughter. Mm-hmm. And he did. We saw it. So, uh, definitely, you know, the the theme this year of the power of the Holy Spirit, which is simply the power of God. It's not some other power. It is the power of God in action. It's the power that we can see. That's how how I understand the Holy Spirit. It's the wind. It's that power that is poured on us like, like water, right? The word is used, poured on, right? Why? Because that's the fastest way to move something, is if you pour it. And then once you pour it, you're not in control. You cannot control water, right? If it's poured on you. So you know we are in the spirit. You know we live in the spirit, and we see this this power daily. Dead ends, people that cannot get papers, and and how it works every time. It's like I keep saying I'm gonna end up in the Christian asylum. <laughs> just because you know you can lose your mind. You know, but um, it's just beautiful, and I want to encourage you. To, to be thinking again, to be rethinking. I don't know what state you live, what little town or village you're in. But God is sovereign, and nothing can go against God. You know, His will be done, you know, at the end. But if we can, you know, uh, invest and, and capitalize in this, in this opportunity for people to see heaven, it's, it's pretty important. And not to let an opportunity, you know, go to waste. So, is that it? What else do we have? Oh, yes. This is this is a uh, this is that is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So this is a blog that uh, some of our volunteers encouraged me to start. They said we want to know what's going on. You know, they come for a month, they leave, but we have. A, I think we have a room at Ammonia with hearts because everybody leaves their heart there. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what they say. We left, but our heart is there. So what uh, they encouraged me to do is to do this blog. So one one little girl that used to live in Greece. Her name is Ali help me do this. So if you want you can go and then sign in so you can receive like you know news of what happens. I don't know I'm gonna do it daily or weekly, but I'll try my best to update it so you all know what's going. What, okay. So oh that other class finished at four thirty so is it four thirty? Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, there's no one following us, so we can stay as long as we can. So
1: if you want to stand, you you have questions, fine. If you want to go, thank you very much for coming. God bless you.